All right. <laughs> so, so we're live. Now the podcast can join us. Hooray. All right. <laughs> uh, Has it been a busy week? It's been a crazy week. You know, the ironic part of this, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, is well, the last lesson we did was off those genealogies in, in First Chronicles. And we uh, t- we had some extra time because of Christmas, the holidays, yep. and such, and just scheduling. So we had some extra time. And that was one where just writing your notes for it, it just seemed so difficult. We, had, we both had a hard time, difficult time sitting down to do it. It's, it was just getting it done, you know. And, and, and of course, it worked out. I thought it was fine. Yes. But... If there was ever time we could have used some, maybe some extra time, or whatever, this would, been, would have been those, one of those passages. But I'm almost Ooh. glad we, we, we got it done. We, we got our notes. Um, I've only briefly looked at Aaron's notes. He's only briefly looked at my notes. Uh, there might be some crossover. Uh, we weren't even sure that we, we were going to come out with how much agreement and such. So this could be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> because, like I said, when you, when you study this, there is... Uh, quite a difference of opinion, uh, quite a difference of areas, and uh, and I think before we get into this, we're, we're going to have to do a a little uh, some word definitions, uh, two words that probably are going to come up uh, from the two dominant viewpoints on this. Well, let me stop you for a second. Yeah, there. go ahead. For the podcasters that are now listening, um, we, we're talking about First Corinthians eleven, specifically verses one through sixteen, where it it, it covers some things about Christian order and Biblical order, ultimately. You're acting like the podcasters can't read because they're going to have a little tie. They up might there. read the show notes. See, you I'm never giving, know. I'm giving them some credit that they have the ability <laughs> to read when they clicked on. No, that's fine. There's yeah. a reason why they're listening to podcasts and not reading the newspaper. Yeah, I guess. Ooh, yeah, they got me there. All right. So anyway, you um, continue. On. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So we're in First Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to do verses 1 to 16. I know when I read last time, I went a little further, but again, uh, in the past, we we take a little liberty, like before. Um, I think when we did Hebrews 1, we, we, we went back to verse 1 instead yep. of where we started reading. Uh, so we decided we, we can take the liberty to make the passage smaller or larger as needed to make a Bible study. Yes. So the random part is finding it, but then as you craft it, you realize that this really ends at verse 16. Getting into 17, even though it's a different heading in my Bible, it really, uh, the, the, the part of this study is, is wrapped up by then. So, yeah, talking about this, there's, there's two uh, theological terms you'll hear bandied about. Uh, you may have heard them before, uh, and they are called uh, complementarian and egalitarian. Now, egalitarian is, is used uh, in, in regular culture and all that. So, uh, so basically, there's two views on this, and it has to do with the roles of men and women in ministry and how they view them. Uh, egalitarian would be just like the, the definition in our culture would mean men and women are essentially equal the same uh, and there's there's no real difference when it comes to ministry. Complementarian view is that men and women are different. We have different roles and they are complementary to each other in God's uh, order. We're not really going to look at the patriarchal view and such because, well... Both of our households uh, subscribe to complementarian, yeah, including yeah, yeah. our wives. So when we say households, it's our wives as well. So it's not just a couple of guys saying. Yeah, we are we are Southern Baptists. We are Baptists, so we do have that background. Correct. Um, uh, so we are our, our denomination is a complementarian thing. So that, that that goes back to our churches too. Uh, but some of the, those terms may come up: egalitarian and uh, complementarian. And to just assume everybody knows what they are off the bat, I think would. Uh, would be a mistake and, and, and not uh, 
You don't want to lose some people, you know. Yeah. What are they talking about? Talking about eagles? What? <laughs> so when, when you're doing your own research and making sure, um, last thing that you want to do is just to take our word for it. Go out after Never. this and and read for yourself. Read the scripture for yourself. Make sure that you have an understanding. Uh, you know, say some prayers before and then after for understanding and uh, you know, God to open your heart, the Holy Spirit to work within you. And you may disagree with us. Here's the thing. That's fine. Yeah, and you know, one thing, I, I, and I told you this before, is it seemed as I was studying this, most of your commentaries, most of your articles, most things, you, it's almost as if people are trying to uh, justify what they come to Scripture thinking this must say, rather mm-hmm. than trying to find what it says. And I, I, I think, uh, well, let's present, our, let's, let's present what we have. I, I think it kind of changes as you read it through and see what, what what's the point Paul's making here. What is he saying? Yeah, and a lot of the, the teachers and stuff that I was listening to, the commentaries, everything, it, it really seems to want to feed into the argument that a lot of people are wanting to have yeah. about the hierarchy um, in, in uh, family relationships and worship. So, um, yeah. All right, so you want to you 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 dive in? I'm ready. I'm ready All to right, go. All right, so let's, uh, let's look at verse 1 here. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 um, this is probably the easiest first, so we're going to start with the easy one, then we're going to work our way in. <laughs> it's, uh, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Keep in mind, this is Paul speaking. Yes, this is the Apostle Paul. Um, it's, it's not the first time he said it in, in 1 Corinthians here. Um, my notes on this are very, very, I'm going I'm to go, th- I'm going to go first here. Yeah. Cause you got a little bit more than I do. Just um, yeah. Well, mine is first, I think, uh, I, I believe this, this first pretty much, uh, it, it fits the previous passage. Um, I think this is a place where they, when they put the, remember when Paul writes this, he's not putting in chapters and verses. He's just writing thoughts. He's writing sentences, sentences. Wow. Um, and I, I, I think this is completing the thought of chapter 10, uh, it could be a bridge between 11. It works well for 11, too, also. I just think it works better at 10. Uh, yeah. But it could be a bridge between the two, okay? You know, I've made this case. Now imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, and, and, again, my note here is it's also fairly self-explanatory. <laughs> right. And just real quick, I'm going to pop, pop it up on the screen yeah, so you okay. can see verse number one um, where he's talking. So yes. I'll pop it back over to us just so you can see us. Um. So I see you've got you got a couple more notes than I do. On I do. Well, I've got two bullet points on this one. And <clears throat> earlier in the text, Paul is is scolding the church because various different uh, groups were gathering together. You had um, what's the what's the word for it? Um, oh, I can't. It's when a group of people get together and they have a certain mindset about something. And so they're they're following. I was thinking clicks, but that's yes, not clicks. No, 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 you're correct. So essentially, uh, some are saying, you know, I follow Apollos or I follow Paul or I follow Cephas. Yeah. And Paul here is Cephas being Peter, just to, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Paul here is is saying, no, you need to imitate me because I'm imitating Christ. There's there's no me here, which is I think is an argument Apollos and Cephas Peter would also make. Oh, 100 percent. No, and, and uh, I think any good Bible teacher would be is you know imitate us only as we imitate Christ. Right, and that's you know? why we said at the beginning of this, like go and do your own research on it. Just don't take our our word for it. Um, so th- this is Paul saying, you know, taking Jesus and putting him in front of him and saying, no, this is your guy. I'm just an imitation, and. He's also essentially saying, you know, imitation is not a bad thing. When you imitate Christ, 
there's only good things that can come from it. Right. So those those were things that popped out of uh, out of the pages for me, or out of the page for me when I was studying over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I had those two bullet points. And continuing on to okay, so now that we have the easy verse out of the way, <laughs> let's dive into some of the meat here. Now this is this is where it might get a little interesting too. We we totally did our notes uh, independent of each other, which is normal. Uh, often we'll we'll send our notes to each other, check them out the night before. No, no, sometimes we do a couple days before, a week before, depending on the passage. That is true. It's been done usually, it's not usually the night before. The last two times it's been, it's been the night before. Or, Holiday. Um, well, I think you sent me your notes about 30 minutes ago, but to be true. That was actually uh, at church, yeah, I apologize. Well, you forgot to hit send at church. You didn't hit send till 30 minutes oh, ago. Oh, yeah, you're right. Anyway. But anyway, so the, the, the point of this being is, um, so normally we have a way of how, you know, how, how do we, because you got you when you got two different minds together, you got how is it going to flow? You know, production stuff, and like I said, since we've only had about thirty minutes to merge our notes together, I put mine into groups of scripture, uh, like verses two and three. You know, I, I, I think Paul's making uh, arguments and thoughts and connecting them. Uh, Aaron mostly has his done in uh, verses. Yeah. So um, there's there's a couple of groups. They might get a little bit different flavor here because he's going to be breaking down by verse. I'm going to be breaking down by groups of verses. So there's going to be some crossover and such, and that might be a little bit different. And if we if we feel during this, you know, as as we're talking, if there's any confusion or anything like that, you know, we'll stop each other and and just say like, hey, here's a little bit of clarification on what specific verse. Because when he's joining them together, I'm going to be breaking them apart on some odd occasions. Exactly. So let's look at the first. Well, the first group was worse one. Now group, I think uh, two and three. All right. And so now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold firmly to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of a woman and God is the head of Christ. Now we're reading from the NASB yes. uh, 95. Yes, right? that's, that's what my Bible is here, yeah. And, and here we see the principle of headship. The principle of headship, I think, is, is, is what this these uh, two verses are introducing. Um, now, the praise here in verse 2 con- contrasts that with verse 17, which we read last week. We're not going to get to because verse 17, he says, but in giving this instruction, I do not praise you. Yeah. So um, in this issue that Paul's going to deal with here, which is God's order and authority in the church, Paul commends them, but not so in their practices regarding the Lord's Supper. So... Uh, I think that's pretty much what I have for verse 2. I know you're going to have some breakdown on verse 2. What I'm going to talk to really gets into verse 3. So Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take gonna, over. Yes. So mine, I have quite a few bullet points. Um, so where he's talking about praising, that they're remembering him and everything and holding firmly to traditions. Keeping in mind, traditions is an extremely important uh, word here, right? And and that's the notes that I have. So, like, as a dad trying to teach through uh, positive reinforcement, that's how I handle my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that that's how you handle your children, is positive reinforcement is the best way to handle people that it, are learning, children it, that are it learning. It depends on the child. Uh, that's one thing Most I've learned. I have three girls, and uh, the form of discipline is very different for all three. Uh, that is true. So. That is true. Um, my favorite is positive reinforcement with all three of them. Yeah, that yes. is. Yeah. And so, especially when it's not something dangerous, you know, if, if our kids or something uh, is, is trying to do something that's going to hurt them, then positive reinforcement generally does not work. It needs to be actual, real correction. Right. Um, and I think he's doing the same thing here. Uh, Paul uses the word paradosis, uh, which in Greek, uh, it, that's the Greek word. In English, it means tradition. So you'll see in the King James Version, uh, when I was doing a line-by-line t- uh, text comparison, the, the 1900 version uses the word ordinances. 
And that's where we have to understand the difference between ordinance and uh, tradition. Mm -hmm. So, because they carry very different meanings. But let me pause you right there. Yeah, go. Let me jump in there. I'm, I'm going to help out with that part. Oh, that's good. Okay, so tradition here, and, and this is why your modern translations are going to say tradition. Tradition is here. He's talking about the 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 apostolic. Yeah, apost. Yeah, the you teachings of the apostles. Yes, that's it. When I'm not <laughs> reading it in front of me, you know, your mind breaks down. He's talking about these 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 teaching of the apostles that he's brought up. Because remember, this is the New Testament. They're writing it. They're living it. As it uh, when they when they refer to scripture in the New Testament, like when and, and, you know, all scripture is useful for uh, teaching, rebuking. That in the first Timothy, he's talking about the Old Testament because the New Testament it's it's literally being fleshed out and written at that point. So. Um, that's the tradition is the, these these teachings of the apostles that we've had put down into what we would call the New Testament now um, in, in Scripture. But the, that's what tradition is. An ordinance uh, is a, a practice or a ritual of the church that is handed down by Christ, Jesus himself, that we follow. Right. Uh, and like I said, uh, we're Baptists, so we, actually, we, we only have in our church two ordinances. Uh, the Lord's Supper and baptism. baptism. Um, but you go with the Catholics, they have seven. So, But inside church... Um, Terminology that that that's what the word ordinance means. It's it's a very loaded term to be used here. Um, that that's not what Paul was writing about because they they you know they weren't codified yet and, and laid right. down. And it's important to note that difference because we'll be touching on it towards the end. Like as an example, growing up, we would always meet at my grandmother's house after church on Sundays, and great we would tradition. have pizza. Yeah, great tradition. Yeah, that's a tradition, but. Nobody got arrested if they didn't show up. Like it's not it's not a law. So the difference is between tradition and ordinance. That kind of lays it out a little bit better, you know. Plus, you know, grandma's and pizza that was awesome. Um, so for me, moving on into um, verse three, but I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head well, of before, a woman. Before you get into there, yeah, I guess I say here we see the real argument of okay. this passage. And and I think as you study this passage, this is where most uh, almost everybody gets it wrong. I'm just gonna say that you know the, the loudest oh, this is what the loudest people get it wrong. Yeah. I'm not gonna say most everybody, but the ones who want to make a big issue and a big deal about this and who want to make an argument of this on on all sides, all, you know, um, they're missing the point here. And the point here, I think, it, it, it's not head coverings. No, it is not. The, the point of this passage is it, it's not head coverings. See, now we spoiled it. What do you mean? Spoil? We're in it right here. I know, but verse three—that's it. That was going to be the big idea. I know, right here. We see the real argument. This is probably the, see this was our notes. <laughs> this is the right? difference between the notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's his real <laughs> argument. What's his real argument? Go ahead. Well, the fact that it's hierarchy in in male headship, and uh, the the relationship that we have with Jesus, the the relationship that we have with God, the relationship that women have with men. The relationship that like Christ the has, son with God. has, yeah, with the no, Father. And, and look right off the bat, it, it's Christ is the head of every man. So before a woman's put under some headship or order, first he tells us where, where where man fits. Christ is the yep. head of every man. The man is the head of a woman. The man, the man, that's one, is head of a woman. That's yep one. King James version gets that wrong as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's a woman, not woman, women. So that who who is the man the head of? Oh, it could be the husband, right? Well, no, the man. Oh, the, head oh, the, the man husband. is the head no, of, no, no, of no. their wife. Yeah, yeah. We're talking general. Yeah, it's sorry, I misunderstood not, your question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clip that one out. Uh, no, he's the head of his wife. Correct. He's the head of the household of his wife. He's not the head of all women. That's not that's not what the Bible's teaching here. That's not the point Paul's making. And that does not mean lording either. 
Yeah, we'll definitely get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, well, that goes, well, no, no. And, and what you're here, right here, boom. Yeah, it's great. See, flowing flow good. Hey. God is the head of Christ. He doesn't stop there. Right. He goes back to the first one. Christ is the head of man. Man's the head of, of the woman. A, a, a man. Woman. The, no, it's the man, a woman, yeah. Yes. And then God is the head of Christ. And with this example, we see that headship is in submission. It's not about one being superior or inferior to another. You look at the father. Right. And the Son are equal. And when Jesus submits himself to the Father, it doesn't make him inferior to the Father. He's submitting to the authority of the Father. Correct. But it doesn't make him any less. And, 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 I, and I know you've got some notes on that. So I do. I'm, I'm going to kind of yeah, piecemeal yeah, them together yeah, yeah, here. You know, together, yeah. you know, for me, what, what stood out was that this young church, and, and Josh, you pointed this out today. Um, I didn't actually write this down, but this church was really about five years old. Yeah, yeah. I right. had written down somewhere later in my notes. We'll come back to it. We'll see it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah so it, 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 not infant, but it was at the very young stages where doctrinal um, discipline and uh, traditions and things like that, you were you were adding many new members every single week. Right. And yeah, those you're, members you're were most, coming from Corinth. Right. Your most mature elders, Christians that were there when Paul first started preaching. We're talking. They've been they've been Christians five years or less. Yeah, seriously. Think think about with, you know with the majority be even less. Like you said, as the church grows, they're, they're, they've been they've been saved less time than that. Even. Yeah, and and at that point in time, you know, they didn't have social media, they didn't have email, they didn't have anything like that. Letters took you know weeks, days to get to wherever they needed to be, and then reverse back. So you know, you're you're having this person who's helping plant this church, teaching these things, giving these uh, traditions and um, God's ordinances and decrees, and then leaving to go plant another church. And then so they're left, not to their own devices, clearly, because Paul wouldn't do that. None of the apostles would do that. But this is why he's having to write them again, because they're pulling away from the natural order of creation. And, and, and the reason for that is because in Corinth, super, super large Roman colony with a multicultural and multi-religious background. We're talking, you know, Christian. We're talking Jewish. We're talking uh, pagan. Yeah. And so all of these people were being mashed together, and some of them had you know, preconceived notions on how they worshipped, how they did Get things. Get into my notes for the next section. I am sorry. but yeah. so And that, that, you know, to me is, you know, at the end of the day, the whole point behind this is it, it's kind of like a, a Jesus and God sandwich with what, us in the middle yeah. where it, it doesn't discount the importance of the woman at all in no, the grand and, scheme of things. And I think before we move on, you, you got a verse there that you pulled up there. I do, yeah. So Philippians 2, uh, 5 through 7, um, it says the following of Jesus' submission to God's authority. Uh, verse 5 says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, th- uh, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. Um, Jesus did it. Yep. That's what's called the kenosis. Yes. Uh, Well, part of it. It goes on to him dying the death, even death on the cross. Right. Kenosis being the Greek word for emptying. Uh, Jesus submitted himself to God. So here we see when God calls women in the church to recognize the headship of men, uh, it's not because women are inferior or less or not equal but because there's a God-ordained order of authority to be respected. And that's what Paul is teaching. He's teaching these new converts um, and reminding those that already knew about biblical headship, the Jews, and um, 
that God gave rules and decrees as far back as creation and the fall of man. Yep, and that's the argument he can make out in, in the rest of his passage. But before we even get to head coverings, because you notice we're, we're three verses in, we haven't got to head coverings at all. Nope. I think verse 3 is him making his argument, his point. This is what it is, and now he's going to go into an application of that. Correct. And I think when we get caught up into it's about head coverings, and should women wear them now or not? Which we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. We're, we're going to deal with the argument first. Um, when you get caught up into that, that being the thing in head coverings and all, you're missing the point Paul's making. Yeah, the forest for the trees type thing. Right. right? Find the point Paul's making, and then look at the application and, and how it does. And so the next group of, of verses I've got is verses four to six, and here we see the application of the principle of headship. So he, he's restated we'll say because he was there 18 months i'm sure he'd gone over the, oh, the principal yeah. headship so he's restated in the letter here uh the principal headship in, in verse three now here is the application of the principle of headship among the corinthian christians so starting in verse four every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head but every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head for she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. For a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her hair be covered. And this is where now the it argument goes the, crazy. the fur starts flying. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think the point gets missed. So Very first much. we have to talk about this. What is Paul talking about when it comes to covering the head? And you will have so many weird arguments here. I think, I think one, I think when you get what he's talking about, and, and like I said, if you don't like what I'm saying here, find another opinion. They're all out there. But I think looking at the context, of what's being said here, I think it becomes fairly obvious what he's talking about. So first of all, and we did a little TikTok teaser here. We talked about this. Yep. Notice it's about men do not cover. And women do cover your head. And who okay? does he correct first? Men. Yeah. Yeah, every time he deals with it, he always deals with the men here. So first of all, the, the idea of making this passage only about women and what women need to do, you're missing the point. First, he tells men what not to do. Well, he tells them why. Then he tells them what not to do. Then he tells a woman what to do, or in this case, worship. And so first, it's not just about women. It's first men. Now, a little background here will help us out here. Corinth was a city founded by Julius Caesar in 44 B.C., shortly before his assassination. Um, and I remember, well, no, Corinth was around during the Peloponnesian Wars. And what, well, in 146 B.C., the Romans conquered Corinth and pretty much uh, killed or enslaved the entire population. And for about 100 years, it was a very depopulated area. So it was founded by Julius Caesar, and it was founded as a Roman colony. So the population and culture of Corinth will be more Roman than other cities. Uh, it's a colony, so it's, it's, its idea of a colony was to reflect back the mother city. So this is a very Roman city. Even though it's in Greece, it's, it's a very Roman city. So the Corinth church is made up of believers. You talked about this from different cultural backgrounds. Yep. You're going to have Romans, you're going to have Greeks, you're going to have Jews, you're going to have... And then you're going to have all across the empire, those from Egypt, North Africa, um, Turkey, what we call Turkey today, uh, all the way to Spain, France, uh, even even uh, modern-day Britain. So you're going to have c cultures and customs brought in. So Roman Christians and non-Roman Christians would bring different customs when it came to head coverings and worship. Um, 
And then since these customs relate to submission and authority, at least some of them do, Paul needs to give the, them instructions regarding hair coverings while speaking in the assembly of the church. And then this is what it says. Remember, this is a young church. Most mature Christian in the church, we're talking five years about, you know. Um, and they still had an eldership, right. obviously. But So trying to figure this in, in a lot of, the first place people generally go to is Jews. What's the Jewish setting? And Jews wore head coverings and such. Um, and I think you have notes on that. So I, I either... I won't steal your thunder on that one. I'll, I'll let you go on that one. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, and then and Jewish women would often wear head coverings, but as I researched it, really, it, it was married women, and they really wore them everywhere. Not, it's not just worship here. And we see so, it uh, with Rebecca? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it was when a woman got married, she wore a hair covering. Married women didn't wear hair, hair covering, but there's nothing about them doing it while worshiping. Uh, there would be a Jewish tradition that, that comes on. A lot of it seems to be in response to the Christian one and and there is a really good Jewish tradition for wearing head covering. You got that, so I don't want to steal your thunder on that one because <laughs> I want to go a little different direction here. And, and first, we need to look at the Roman view of head covering and Roman religious practices. The one praying, prophesying—those sound familiar—or or, sacrificing, yeah, would cover their hair in an act demonstrating submissiveness, respect, and awe in the presence of the deity. Okay, this was done by pulling part of their garment over their head or in about uh, to or about their ears. So, in other words, like they were wearing a toga or something, they'd pull it up and they would cover the basically the back of their head from the ears back or whatever, uh, kind of like taking a hoodie and, and, and not quite all the way up, but it, it, it would be like more like the folds of, of, a, of a toga almost. And I, uh, I think for those watching, we, we you got some clips here I showing do. it quickly though, like. Talking about the absence of information here, he's talking about praying and prophesying. Where's the sacrifice? Oh, I was gonna get to that later, but yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But as Christians, we, we don't need to, to sacrifice. It's only no. about praying and prophesying. Yeah, yeah. that's that's more yeah, yeah. big idea well, stuff yeah. towards the end. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you that are on the video stream right now or are watching the live uh, later, uh, I'm gonna pull up the slide uh, right now so you can take a look. These are the slides that we have uh, for. Head coverings. Yeah. You see, so. and, and the one all the way on the left, that's actually Augustus Caesar. Uh, and, and, and his hand's missing, but in his hand would be a bowl um, used for sacrifices. And you see, it just covers the back of their head. Um, you have a couple more, right? Yeah. So. Because here, now here's another thing. Notice these. These are all women. This was a custom done by men or women. Didn't matter. And I believe this one is the Vestal Virgin. So they would always have their heads covered. As, yeah, and there's, um, a, there's a few men in the background. But. Yeah. Yeah, okay. In I the think. foreground, in the foreground is women. And important yes. in Roman worship, the man or woman, who, whoever's af- participating in the religious practices covering their head, whoever's praying or prophesying or sacrificing. I think you got I another think the one there. Next yeah. one. Yeah, so you this see the guy on the left. Yep, the one guy at the altar, he's got his head covered. Everyone else has got their heads uncovered. Would that be considered the Pontifex uh, Maximus or the, the high priest on the left, or is that someone else? Because that I was don't. part of the information that I was looking at. Yo, I don't know which one that is. That, really that would have been uh, listed as Augustus Caesar, who was considered a, the high priest. Well, Augustus in, Caesar was the first one we looked at. I do know yeah, that yeah, one. I've yeah. seen that in one other places. So the, the Roman practice... Uh, it would be to cover their head. So if they're, yeah, that's Marcus Aurelius there. And you see he's offering a sacrifice. His head's covered. No, everyone else around right there participating with him is not doing it because he is the one sacrificing to the deity. And they have so, the same, they have head decorations. Yeah, but they don't they'll have their head covered like that. They right. pull the garment up over just over the back of their head. So Roman believers would have seen it as irrelevant irreverent when men or women prayed or prophesied without their head covered. So whether it would be a man or a woman, 
if, if they had a Roman background, they would cover their head if they were praying or if they were prophesying. Um, now, the non-Roman view of head coverings in relation to worship, uh, we're going to exclude the Jews here because I, I said I only got yeah. some there. Uh, they would not cover their heads when praying or prophesying um, and probably looked at it as odd for those who did. We, we do have some writings of Greek philosophers mocking the Romans for what they wore, especially while they were doing religious ceremonies. Um, so what we have here is we have some men and women covering their heads, those with the Roman background, and some men and women not covering their heads while praying and prophesying, uh, those from a non-Roman background. Yep. So it's leading to issues in the church because some are like, this is funny. Some are like, how dare they not cover their heads? So Paul wants to clear this up. And uh, to get into your point, this only applies to those praying and prophesying. Uh, we don't need to sacrifice anymore. Uh, because uh, the, the work of Christ on the cross is, is, was a sacrifice once for all. It's done. Uh, we don't need to offer sacrifices anymore. So to the Christian, it only applies to praying and prophesying. Now, we're Baptist, so we don't prophesy in church. So really, in, in our application, it's only for praying in the church. Correct. Uh, there are churches that still do practice um, prophecy and such, and in that case, this would be a, a, pertaining to that. So on, on my notes... With a well, verse four, every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces mm-hmm. his head. Uh, my note is, uh, since man is made in the image of God to cover his head during worship is to disgrace God's creation. That's To me, that's kind of the point that Paul is making. Yeah, I think he's going to make it in the next section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty, pretty he's hard. He's going to lay actually. out the why. Yeah, he's going to lay out the why of the, of the application. Yeah. Um, so uh, for Jews, it's necessary even today for men to wear a head covering when entering places of worship. Yes. So, I, I did uh, when um, I was in Israel one time. And there were a couple places we would go that were considered synagogues down like by the Western Wall, um, in the the Holocaust Museum and such. And you had to cover your head to go in there if you were if you were a man. Yeah, and so, uh, ultimately these people nothing are for there. women though, and it just it didn't, <laughs> see, it didn't seem fair. No. Well, you you already touched on this. It's they're mashing together a bunch of different people into a new religion uh, of Jesus Christ. Yes. You know, salvation through Jesus Christ, Christianity, and. I, there were multiple reports and and you know people that were talking uh, in my research of how churches had been split over head covering versus non head covering and talk about missing the point. Yeah, majorly, you're going to split up a church over it. Um, that was something that just seemed kind of but that, bonkers that, to me. But well, that could have been what, what Paul's facing here because you've got mm-hmm. some men are covered, some men aren't. Some women are, some aren't. And see, that kind of gets into the well. All women wore head coverings in public back then. Not true. Uh, a lot did, though. A, lo- a lot did. It was very respectable, but not all of them did. There was at least a thousand of them up on a hill. Lost there. Oh, the uh, the uh, priestesses of um, what's her name? Oh, the the prostitutes. Silas. Ultimately. Oh yeah. Well, the, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Those. They didn't have their head shaved either. But we're coming no, to that no, one. No, they didn't. Uh, yeah. So, so you have, and it, it appears. Uh, it's not well. There was someone with with their hair not covered, but the hair covering seemed to be a thing amongst married women more than all women in general. Um, yeah, so this this is not for life in general or church attendance in general. This is for those leading in prayer or prophecy. Uh, you know, as the church congregates and comes together. Right. So, um, I'll continue on into into five. I think you made it to you made six. it to six, didn't yeah, you? All the six. Yeah. Um, so I took off some notes too. So we're good. Yeah. Okay. So just quickly, uh, Paul uses the Greek word uh, catacalypto. 
I'm probably butchering that. I apologize. But it means to cover up or conceal. And that's, uh, but every woman who has her hair uncovered while uh, praying or prophesying disgraces her head, for she is uh, one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. That's uh, verse 5. Um, in that time, it was, it was common for religious women to, to veil themselves everywhere except in their house around their husband. Um, other women not of pagan uh, or no religion didn't practice this and probably thought poorly of doing it. So you've got people across the aisle looking at yeah, the people and, that are doing it, and then you got the people that do do it that are you know come from that tradition looking at the people that aren't doing it, and it's going to cause a lot of infighting. Right, right. And Paul gives these instructions in, in light of the order of authority that he gives in verse 3. I think that's what's important to look at is before he gets to head coverings, he, he lays out the order of authority. Yes. Uh, he's dealing with a church where some of them are covering their heads, likely from a Roman background, while some of the women are not covering their heads, uh, the non-Romans. Uh, and his concern is that sending the wrong message. Uh, it looks like men are in submission to the women, which is why he starts out with verse 3, I think. Yeah. And, and then he gets into this argument. And if it was a major issue um, for something for, for us today, I think he probably would have put head coverings first rather than the hierarchy of submission uh, in creation. Well, I think that's the point he's making. It, yeah. When Paul compares the headship of men to the headship of Christ and the headship of God, he's making it clear that headship is not cultural. Right. Um, I, I think my, my notes on six, you, we pretty much already covered. You know, for the most part, I, I don't think there's any reason to, to go over them again. Okay, well, I think I've got some more. i got some more here. Yeah, go. You know, Paul's applying the universal principle of headship to a cultural issue, mm. the issue of wearing head coverings. In a church at Corinth, women are to express submission to men, their husbands, just as Christ does to God. Uh, a specific way of doing this uh, to be displayed at the church at Corinth was the wearing of head coverings, or in the case of men, not wearing them. Because, again, remember, this is a case about men don't, women do. Right, uh, and Paul uses something that they know you to use to illustrate this point. I think that's in verse six. Uh, if a woman does not cover her head, she's like one whose head is shaved. Uh, Paul is telling the women in Corinth that they knew that, that you look. You know that a shaved head uh, is a sign of disgrace. So, so it is for the one who doesn't cover their head when praying or prophesying in church. He's taking something they know to be true. And using that, just like you know this to be true, so this is true. Now, he doesn't explain why it, it, this, the, the, the reason why a shaved head is disgraceful. And again, you get a plethora of reasons. The favoritist being it was the sign of prostitutes, yep. except Pompey shows us it's not. Because uh, we have frescoes, uh, frescoes of uh, a, prostit- uh, a brothel in, in Pompeii. And yeah, no, no, well, some of them had short hair, but most of them didn't have short hair. They didn't shave their heads, so that, there's no evidence that it was a sign of uh, among prostitutes. Um, but it was a sign of adultery in many cultures. Uh, the removing a woman's hair covering, the shaving of her head. Uh, it makes me think back in. Um, was that Leviticus? Well, it was it was a practice amongst the Jews, but it's also all through cultures. Like uh, I think maybe it's Band of Brothers. So maybe with World War II, maybe you'll see as they come into the French towns and they liberate them, uh, the women that they called collaborators, those who 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 worked with the Nazis, the the and there were women, so they're young women put in place, but they would shave their heads as a sign of shame. So I mean, it was something that even in the 20th century was if you wanted to shame a woman, you shave her head. Um, but the, he doesn't give us the reasons here. But the women of the Church of Corinth, they understood that a shaved head 
was uh, a sign of, of um, disgrace. And like he said, just as you know that, you know that not covering your head it's the, it's the same, you know, it's the same. Actually, uh, some of the, if I may, yeah. some of the points that I had uh, that I thought we'd already gone over that reminds me, you know, growing up, my parents would tell me, if you're going to do X and Y, you might as well just go ahead and do Z. Right. Um, there were all things that I shouldn't be doing and took me away from God. Right. You know, for the most part, right? No parent is perfect. Um, and so he's not saying to forcibly shave these women's heads. No, not at all. I think he's no. making an argument, a, 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 um, a logical argument here. Which is... Paul is famous for right, right. I don't think he's saying go to, if they don't if they if they forget their head covering at home, shave their head so they don't forget again. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think if, that's if the you way to eat make like nine tenths of the pizza, you may as well just go and eat the other slice. Right. That's kind of the the, the argument style that he's making. Yeah, yeah. Don't eat the other slice. Uh, oh, I've done it before. <laughs> it's like I've done it more than you. <laughs> Whatever. But here, Paul's making a distinction here between a unisex Roman practice and worship. And a Christian one that reflects an eternal order between God the Father, Christ, men, and women. And I think that's a point that gets missed often. But I think, because here's the thing. When you look at this passage, and most want to point to whether you're egalitarian or complementarian. You want to point out, well, this doesn't apply today. Yes, it does. One, one and of, I think it, when you look at it that way, he's pushing back against this unisex. There's no... Uh, order, you know, there's no difference in, in, in saying, you know, God created an order, and we're about to get into that argument. Yeah. Right? I'm getting ahead, I know. I think it applies more today than most people realize. You've said it in the past before, you know, uh, Satan is the greatest biblical scholar, and I 110% believe that. Yeah, he's that. had a lot of time to read it. So, of course, his probably crowning achievement, in my mind, is if he can take the Word of God, twist it around, and make us fight each other about right. a point that you look at, we're, we're not saying it doesn't matter. Seriously, we're not saying it doesn't matter. This is no. a point that needs to be made. This is something that needs to be understood. But we're coming at it from a completely different angle than really any that I studied. And I didn't come to that conclusion until 30-plus hours of research, yeah. private research. I don't know if it's any different. I think some pick up a whole I think we're focusing more down. Yeah. They cover I, I, more, maybe. That, that, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Because, like I said, there's so many arguments, uh, this and that, and um, we're ignoring most of them, and saying, look, this is what I think Paul's digging down to. So let's look at verses uh, 7 to 10. Sure. Give me a sec. I'll move that over. Otherwise, we'll be here for three hours. (laughs) All right. Verse 7. For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. For man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. (sighs) So here we see why is it important to respect the principle of headship in the church. You see, and I think that's his argument here. It's not why is it important to respect head coverings. That's a cultural issue. He's going back to the eternal principle. Why is it important to respect the principle of headship in the church. So in verse 3, Paul stated that man is the head of a woman. Now he connects the issue all the way back to creation. That's what you are talking about a little bit ago. Yeah. And this rules out the possibility of male headship being just a cultural issue of the day that can be ignored today. Correct. Um, and it, this one's a tough one for both genders. 
but it helps define the differences between them and how each one is special and necessary. Yeah. Um, coming from Roman, Roman and Jewish religion, men would uh, cover their heads during worship, prophecy, and sacrifice. Paul is telling Christian men not to keep those old decrees for Jewish men and not to identify with Roman religion as well. Now, for Jewish men, because why would Christian men, even of a Jewish background, why would they bring this tradition of head covering with them? I'm not sure. Do you have any insight on it? I thought you had something in there about who... Which, who I, I, I never Ju- really expanded on that. Oh, who think. in Jewish worship wore... Uh, oh, maybe you were just telling me this. I probably was in conversation and okay. never wrote it down. All right, because see, here we have where Jewish men today are required to wear it, but that seems to be... Uh, even through the Middle Ages, was debated back and forth. I don't. They didn't oh, do it yeah. in Spain and the, France. The, the first priest, the high priest Aaron, yeah, and, and the and the turban. Sorry, yes. I brain farted hard. No, that is not in my notes. Okay, uh, and we were talking about that earlier today at church after class. Gotcha. Um, and and that's where that all kind of came from. The priests had to have their heads covered as they as they um, ministered before the Lord. Just Very the specifically, I mean, Very. It, it was something that they had to do to even be able to enter in the the holy of holies. And the, and the high well, the high priest wore different, uh, even that, but even the regular priest wore a hat. He wore a special. My Jewish, I don't remember the Jewish terms for him. Right. Uh, so, but, so but and as we being the priesthood of believers, Jesus being our high priest. You could see how there's a concept, if they're bringing that priesthood of believer thought over, of covering their heads. But that makes sense for the male to wear the head. Again, the right. woman in, 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 in Jewish law, the only thing I could find was it was cultural. There's nothing in Scripture telling them to cover their head in that sense uh, for the women. It's cultural, and it was basically among married women uh, more so than even... You know, they couldn't cover their head till they were married. Yeah, and it was it was a literal sign, like, I'm, I'm off uh, the market. Like... Uh, you, you're watching. If you're watching the live stream, I'm holding, um, you know, my ring finger up yeah. to the camera right now. What is this? Well, it was even required amongst uh, divorced women and amongst widows. Okay. Uh, only only virgins could leave their heads uncovered. Well, then uh, I, I delete my point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for the most point, it's that point. But but uh, uh, no, that's widows that's a good, would be available. That's a good clarification that you came with. Yes. Um, let's see. My notes on this. I brought in Genesis two eighteen. Yeah. Um, about. You know, God, God saying it's not good for man to be alone. Yep. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So I, I pulled up the lexicon, analytical lexicon of the Hebrew Bible. Right. And it uses uh, the, the word helper. It, it, it defines it. Uh, it means that a being, and I believe this is verbatim, it means a being that contributes to the fulfillment of a need or a furtherance of an effort or purpose. What is our ultimate purpose aside from submission and, and following God is to uh, multiply. How can we multiply without woman? Well, that gets to the next verses. Yeah, see, it does. I, see, see, I always do that. No, no, but that's what Paul does. He built a logical argument. And when yes. you follow the argument, it only brings you to the next point. And he is but here, no, wait, wait, wait. wait. Go back that. to that definition of helper because uh, that doesn't sound like a slave at all no. or, or one who must do everything I say mm-hmm. or the patriarchal view, if you will. It doesn't seem yep. to fit that at all. You know, and God created Adam first and gave him responsibility over Eve. And since the reason for male headship is the order and manner in which God created. First, he, or he, first he creates Adam, then he creates Eve. It's the manner. He mm-hmm. creates Adam and then he creates Eve from Adam. Um, an event before the fall. Okay. The, the creation of Adam, this happens before Genesis 3, happens before the fall. It makes clear that before and after the fall, God has ordained there to be a difference in the roles between the genders 
even in the church. Before there were even other ears to hear. Yes. He the said fall this. did not cause the differences in gender roles. And the difference in roles is not erased by our new life in Jesus. This is what some try to say is, yeah. well, no, it went to, she will, you know, uh, you'll, is it Genesis 3.16 you were going to pull? I was. About, you know, I did. And so some try to say, well, that, that changed the roles of the genders. And then in Christ we're made complete. And now, nope. Nope, nope, nope. That, He's that's, not arguing. That's Paul's says. not making that argument here. To bring in that post-fall argument is not the argument Paul's making in these verses. Correct me if I'm wrong. My, my memory may not be great on this. Genesis okay. 3.16 is where it, it talks about the the uh, husband will be lord over the woman, I believe is... And he will lord her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm butchering it, so yeah, I apologize. He's pulling it up right now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You know what? Instead of us keep referencing right. the verse... And it might just be 3.16 because we all like the... To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain and childbirth. I'm sorry. In pain, you'll bring forth... No, no, it's here. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. No, I was apologizing to women for the multiplied childbirth, because my wife has had three, and I don't know how you guys Interesting side note there. It says pain would be multiplied. Didn't say pain would be added. Added, yeah. Yeah, no, just side note. I mean, if we ever pull Genesis 3, which it'll be really hard to get to the beginning of the Bible, (laughs) we'll pull the way we do. I know. That might be something interesting to talk about. But so this means we we can't let ourselves believe that woman is less than man. No, absolutely not. And I think the argument. I think Paul makes that very argument in verse three, mm-hmm. starting off with Christ is, is Christ is the head of man. Okay, that one makes sense. Yep. Man is the head. The man is the head. A, a woman. So we're talking about in marriage here. Uh, okay, and then God is the head of Christ. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say God then Jesus then man and. Yeah, yeah, there's women too. But no, but but he's saying is is listen, just as Christ submitted himself to God, but that didn't make Christ less. That didn't make him not equal. That didn't right. that didn't take away anything from Christ. He is equal with God. He is this. He just submitted himself to the authority of the Father for our salvation. In in today's culture, and actually, uh, from some of the things that I was reading, you know, the 1970s feminist movement. Um, Caused a lot of divisiveness and a, a lot of, of issues. In and a lot of removal of head coverings in U.S. churches. Correct. Yeah. And um, But woman was made so man would not be alone. Yes. And and it's not the other way and, around. And to be his helper. And Correct. To be his helper. And, and, and man was to rule over creation. It wasn't just to be fruitful and multiply and have babies, but it was to rule over creation. She was to help him in that. She was to complete him in doing that. Well, yeah, and it does. It says that in the text. I believe it's it, Genesis one twenty six through twenty seven. It talks it, about them yeah. ruling, not him ruling. And right. oh, by the way, there's also a woman that's going to be there having the babies. Yes. No, it, it doesn't say that. So you know, when culture is saying one thing and God is saying another through His eternal Word, it doesn't matter how we feel. It matters what makes us right with him. Yep. Um, those are my notes for seven. It was through, through ten. No, through ten. We we still had the fun verse. All right. Uh, yeah, this one's good. So, oh, and that's that's why as soon as he said because of the angels, uh, I listened to Chuck Messler. I I love the guy. I actually love listening to his voice. He Josh is the one that turned me on to him because I had never heard of him before. Yes. And he, he says, I wish he wouldn't have said that because. I, I was following him up until this point. This is an awesome one, almost to the point of Genesis 6, when you're talking about the Nephilim. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, because of the angels, I think, has nothing to do with Genesis, Genesis 6. And I'm but sure that's people a passage try. we'll get in. Yeah, people yeah. try to pull it in. And it comes from it comes from head covering, especially amongst women culturally. Uh, 
it goes back to being a sexual thing uh, and such. And I don't think that's what Paul's addressing here That's, that's at where they tie all. in Genesis 6 yes. into it of, oh, women cover their heads in worship well, because well, the angels are going to be the there. The angels will be, yeah. The, but the problem with this is, okay, because you know, in Genesis 6, we have the sons of men marry the daughters of, uh, of uh, man, uh, no, the sons of God marry the daughters of men. Um, and they're tempted, they come down. We see Jude and we see uh, Peter telling us about who these angels are, where they are now. Yeah. But here's the problem. Paul only says to do this while praying and prophesying. So you can only tempt angels while you're praying and prophesying. Why isn't he telling women to always wear a head covering? I understand there's some cultures that do that, but that's not the argument Paul's making here at all. It's beyond a stretch. I don't think um, I don't think that's the point of this at all. I, it appears the angels are observing our worship of God. Um that's stated elsewhere in Scripture, and I know when I saw you, I was like, "Oh, he put some places there." So, um, thing. So, Paul's telling them that the order that God created and their need to apply this in their church, because the angels, the angels are observing us. So, when the angels don't see you following God's created order, or confusing, you're doing something confused. Do it for their sake. Even the even the seraphim, you know, they have six wings. Two are covering the face. Two are covering their feet, yeah. and then two are flying. They're covering their face because they're in the presence of God. Yeah, that's not symbolic at all, is it? No, not in the least. And I, that's I was actually interesting one. I, I tied it into, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I tied it into Matthew eighteen ten in the words of Jesus Christ Himself. Uh-huh. Um, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Okay. Um, so what I was getting at with that is. Um, we have angels watching us in yes. worship, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not going down the route of the whole guardian angel thing. No, but it talks but, about entertaining angels unaware. Yeah, we're we're yeah. being watched, and we're teaching well, here's through how we handle God's word because they still haven't had the mysteries revealed to them. Or we are the mystery being revealed, or we are part of a mystery being revealed. Yeah, Correct, the, church, yeah. the church was a mystery that was not revealed to them until it happened. Yeah, uh, I, after, I think Paul talks about the crucifixion Romans of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, and the resurrection. All of that was kept under wraps. Because yep. um, remember. Um, Isaiah hits hard on that one. No, I mean, I think remember that Satan's a good biblical scholar. See, God kind of, oh yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. hit him up with that one. Yeah, I think you had another verse. That I think from Ephesians. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang see, on. I'm remembering your notes. <laughs> well, that was a good one. I should have put it in there. I mean, oh goodness, I can't pull it up. Hang on, right. hang on. We're we're getting there. Uh, yeah, Ephesians three eight through ten, and we just we just did Ephesians over the course of how many weeks? Ten was it? Eight eight weeks? Six weeks? On Wednesday nights? Yeah. Anyway, I think it was 12 or 13. Yeah. Okay, whatever. It was one of those numbers in between 1 and 20. Mm -hmm. Um, So Ephesians 3 8 through 10 uh, says, To me, the very least of all saints, this is Paul talking again, this grace was given to preach. uh, There we go. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. This is what we were referencing earlier. Continuing on, uh, verse 10, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. Who are the authorities rulers, in the heavenly places? Rulers and authorities Who are the would rulers? Be, those would be a, a supernatural beings, which Correct. we might call angels. And so th- this this part really, and I mean, Chuck Missler he doesn't really touch on this very much. I don't think it's for lack of understanding on his part. I, I think it doesn't really make a difference at the end of the day other than lead by example. And if the angels are watching us to ensure that God's order is held through worship, 
then we need to be good examples. Yes. To know for them to be able to report and say, yes, they're doing what they need to be doing. Right. And that that's really what this the ending part of the verse is. And it's Paul going in and saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm saying all this stuff, but what about the angels? They're also watching. Right. And none of the reasons that Paul gives for male headship are cultural dependent. Okay? The order of creation, doesn't, culture has nothing to do with it. The culture. manner of creation, nothing to do with culture. Nope. And the presence of angels doesn't depend on culture. No. <laughs> we have nothing to do with that. The, so, the rulers and, and, and uh, heavenly beings and things like that are quite literally all around us at all times. Right, right. So Paul's not dealing with cultural principles here, but eternal principles. Uh, even if the outworking of the principles may differ according to culture. So are we ready to move on to the next section of verses? Um, are you ready to go yeah, verses 11 and 12? I, which I, I think, think you have grouped together too, actually. I do, I do All have right. it. And so it is relatively short. I've got yeah, three, yeah. three bullets on this one. Me too. We're, I mean, we're, we're, we're short. <laughs> All right, so let's look at 11 and 12. So, however, in the Lord, neither is woman independent from the man, so oh, wait, wait, independent of man, nor is the man independent of woman. For as the woman originates from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman and all things originate from God. So here we see headship in the light of the interdependence of men and woman. So as he's made the case of headship, he's put the cultural application to it. He's made the case of why, why male headship is not cultural, why it's an eternal principle. Now he brings us this headship in the light of the, independent, the interdependence of man and woman. What, what was the first not good in the Bible? That man, didn't, man was alone. And what was the first thing fixed? Man was alone. Yeah. Yeah. See, in Paul here, he's, he's ensuring that headship is not to be understood in an authoritarian or in a dominating sense. Right. And see, that's that's often the, the call against it. Well, that's not that wasn't God's plan. That's not what Paul's talking about. Adam needed help. So God created Eve from Adam. And all men since Adam owe their existence to women. There's an interdependence in there. Men and women are in need of each other. Paul is teaching interdependency and mutuality. We, we complete each other. We're not, we're not competing against each other. We're not, we, men need women. Women need men. Yes, exactly. I was, I was, I was quickly pulling up, because um, part, of, part of my notes um, is talking about the oneness of the husband and wife in the relationship. It says the two shall become one flesh. Yep. Do we really actually become one flesh? Physically, no. To God, yes. That's why we're not supposed to be separated. Um, that you, you, I believe it's in Ephesians. That's why I pulled up Ephesians a second ago is uh, no man uh, treats his flesh poorly or, or yeah. no man uh, wants to harm. Right. And, and that is not a blanket statement because there are people that have, um, you know, personal, mental, emotional right. damage Paul, that, that Paul, can happen. He's or arguing from a natural state. It's Correct. not normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this happens, it's not in a normal sense. This is what happens. Yeah, I did not. I don't. I don't want anybody to to clip that and say like, "Oh, well, this is what Aaron said." No, that's not what I said. We can find but, other things though. Uh, hey. Anyway, <laughs> um, so to me, that 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 ties it all in. Yeah. Um, you know, in God's eyes, we're we're equal in importance, and if in God's eyes we're equal in importance. How dare we say something else? Right. So it, it to me it even takes the the he's, he's the standard setter. Yeah, exactly, 
Exactly. And then at that point you erase culture and you believe what the word says, which is we are equal and we have roles. Right. We're equal and different. It's yeah. okay. And that's beautiful. Right. And that's the amazing thing. It's part of the plan. Yeah. And, and Paul knows that people are, well, are you, are you good on your bullets? Oh on yeah, that? I'm good. I'm good. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my next point actually leads into the next of, okay, of verse 13. Transition which, us. Yeah. Paul knows people will be argumentative. So he brings natural order to the table to make his point. So he, right. he started with natural order in uh, in 12, um, well, 11, 12, um, but he really goes into it um, well, the by way I, asking them the question. Yeah, the way I have it is he's appealing to experience, and this is the next four verses, yeah. experience, nature, common sense, and apostolic authority. It's almost as if Paul uses that all the time. Yeah. Weird. Yep. So, um, verse, so let's look at verse 13 there. Yeah, let's go into that. Yeah, so he's, he's already he's, talked about natural order. Right. Now he's going in and having them ask themselves. And he ain't, he's still not done. Yeah, verse 13 is, Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Yeah, he's, so, he's asking them to answer it for themselves. Right, right. I think with the evidence that he's given so far. Right, he's appealing to their experience. He, he appeals to something the Corinthian church should be able to figure out on their own. Okay, now in light of what I told you. Uh-huh. You go look at your experience, judge for yourselves. You should be able to do that. Yeah. And, and again, we've got three more verses here. Yep. So he ain't done. No, next he's going to appeal to nature. Yeah. So in verse 14, does not even nature, it's, see, this one's easy because he put nature in there for us. Yeah, 14, does not even nature. Down near the bottom, sorry. Yeah, gotcha. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has, wait, wait. yeah, that no, if right. a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him. So does not even nature itself teach you? Paul's arguing that when one has their head, what he ha- what they have on their head can be gender distinguishing. He's basically the argument, listen, if the Corinthians woke up and uh, the next day and all the women had bald heads and all the men had long hair, you'd go, there's wrong? something wrong in this city. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like the, the Bible is complete to the point where we can understand God's plan how salvation is brought to us. And that, I mean, it's, it's pretty complete, right? Right. So when we, when we can't answer certain things, we go to science, in my opinion. Okay. You go to science to answer the rest of that. So I looked up, you know, what about uh, the effects of testosterone on hair, hair growth and the effects of estrogen on hair growth? And it's pretty complete. I looked at a couple of... Um, uh, I don't. I forget what they're called. They're the the docs, the actual uh, test results and things like that. It's written by medical doctors, right? Um, and and it says specifically, testosterone causes hair to grow faster, but it also introduces the uh, male pattern baldness. Right. It causes wait, our wait, hair what, to what, what kind of baldness was that? male? And it, so it, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> male pattern baldness. Male, which, not not people. Which I say, like on my dad's side of the family, is very prevalent. But uh, thank God, down on my mom's side. Yeah, my, um, my, my paternal grandfather was that so way. So yeah, so we see bald men a lot. Yep. And, and men who shave their head because they realize that, you know, okay, so 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 God takes away the hair of men a lot, but doesn't seem to happen to women, does it? Yep. And, and again, this is not a situation where it's a blanket statement. We're, yeah. we're talking about the, the natural order. Okay, yeah, in, in, in Paul's use of the word nature here is kind of, as the philosophers would use it in, in the Greek sense, it's... Um, 
without the what would happen naturally without the intervention of men. And, uh, yeah, like natural mutations or just mutations in general that can cause things to happen, which can then also be explained through science, which is why I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of supporting biblical evidence with scientific evidence, except for the fossil table. But I'm not going to get into that because that's a rabbit hole. But anyway, I, I, I did find. Fits, but anyway. Well, no, it does, but not the way that they're explaining it. But anyway. Maybe we'll get into oh, that. Oh, you mean eventually. how science tries to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody I, wants to... I think I made a point to, today in Sunday School Teaching that it was just another point of science catching up to the Bible. You, yeah, you often do that, actually. Yeah, it's um, amazing how often they try to... Well, the Bible doesn't... Well, the Bible's wrong, and then science just hasn't caught up yet. We don't, we don't have the science... Pretty but much. But once, once science catches up, it generally yeah. proves the Bible. And so estrogen actually has the, the kind of the opposite effect. Uh-huh. It causes hair to grow a little bit slower, but it increases the length of the growing period, the growth period before the hair begins to break off. So you have stronger strands. Right. Now, so it, it, look this up yourself. Find it out for yourself. Do a quick Google. When we talk about it nature up. itself, we're talking about without the interve- intervention of, of humans. Right. Obviously, if you work on your hair, man, you can get it to grow nice and long and beautiful. Oh, and I've had a hair <sighs> down past my shoulders. And right. yeah. did, it, did it break off easily? No. I did know, I have to care for it? Yeah. I, but I've never seen a, a guy with hair as long as like Crystal Gale, though. No. I don't think so. No. Is it possible? Absolutely. Then again, I haven't seen a lot of women with hair that long either. So, <laughs> But that, that's what Paul's appealing to yes. is, all right, the majority of the time women have longer hair than men. Yes. And really when you look at it, it's almost like a, a Mandela effect of like, well, it's, it's not, but it's that when you, when you assess history and you think, oh, yeah, women just generally have longer hair. I've never yeah. thought of it that way. I had that same feeling when I started thinking, I remember my grandmother wearing a hat to church. Where did, what happened there? Yeah. And I, I see when, uh, when I go into a building and I've got a hat on, and it's, it's a funeral or it's like it's you know, church or something like that. If I, if I ever wear a hat, my natural uh, habit is to pull my hat off. What is that? Um, or if we're praying and, and we've got a hat, men, men remove, we generally remove our hats when we're praying. Yeah. Um, now, it's more of a sign of respect. It's not coming back to this passage, I no, believe. No, 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 But no. it's a cultural thing showing respect, which I think you could tie into this passage then. But we have got the yeah. application. Well, that, yeah. That's kind of why I, yeah, I, went, yeah, I went down that but, you know, yeah, a little yeah. bit. But. And then in verse 15, we see him appealing to common sense. It's the other side of that argument um, from 14. Uh, but if a woman has long hair, it's a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. Yep. So if nature has given women long hair as a covering, that itself points to the woman's need to be covered, is what he's saying, at least by first century Corinthian custom. Correct. Uh, now, this is not an argument. I had someone uh, text me this week, hey, he sent me this first. And I'm like, I'm quite familiar with this passage. And well, isn't that the covering of a woman right there? Um, oh, the, the hair? Yeah, yeah, but it's not arguing a woman's hair is the covering that's been mentioned all along. Um, if that were so, then verses uh, that verse, this verse would be inserted at the beginning of the argument. Yeah, you know, yeah. hey, look, God gave you long hair. Don't cut your hair off. That's the covering of your hair. But no, the hair covering is the actually covering going over the hair. That's a great argument for the separation. Yeah, and, of, and then of those verses, points. yeah, verses five and six would make sense. Like, if her hair is not covered, she's the same as the woman whose head shaved. But wait a minute, if her hair is not covered, her head is shaved. She is the woman whose head is shaved. Yeah, yeah. see, the, the, it doesn't. So it changes the narrative completely. Yeah, yeah, he's he's making a different argument. He's he, he's making a common sense argument. Look, look, this is what nature has done. It's common sense. And, and Paul is a very if this, then that yeah. um, arguer when it comes to making points and teaching. Right. Um, Jesus tells us, well, actually, no, I, I won't even go into that first. Paul is uh, proving through nature that from even the time of creation, 
our hair growth was set. Like God created us in a certain form and fashion, and long, it, it long before we knew what testosterone or estrogen were, right? Yeah, and and we're not going to get in. Yeah, but anyway, um, so Matthew ten thirty. Um, Jesus tells us that God even knows the, the count of the hairs on your head. Well, for something like an eternal being like God that obviously has a lot better things to do, most likely, can count the hairs on your head, including the ones that come out when you brush your hair. That just shows the care and love that God has for us. So if anybody yeah. ever questions that, if he can count the hairs on your head, he's keeping an update on billions and billions of his children. Yeah, because it's not even important to us, us to know how many hairs are coming out. No, I'm not going to count. Uh, if I had some male pattern baldness, maybe I, I might be a little more concerned. But yeah, and, at this my, point. and my maternal grandfather, my yeah, my maternal grandmother, eh, grandfather had a head full of hair to the yep. day that he passed away. So there you go. I think I'm okay. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, for me too. Yes. <laughs> so and, and lastly, verse 16, he let appeals me, let me to. Pull it up. Sorry. I know, I'm giving you an introduction here. I'm trying to stall. Oh, okay. No, no, he gives an appeal to apostolic authority. I don't know why I want to say pasta. Oh, pasta sounds yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, Apostolic authority. So verse 16, this, we're, this is the last verse we're going to do, and then we'll wrap this up. But if one is inclined to be contentious. <laughs> what, is, what is contentious? Uh, he, he's been to a church or two before, hasn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. We have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. So he's telling the Corinthian corinthian church not to be contentious uh, especially since the other churches of god have adopted their customs according to god's truth now um you and i josh we actually talked about this on wednesday night and i had after multiple readings of Uh this text you explained to me the true meaning of 16 where i read it as we don't have a uh, a tradition of, of or a practice of head coverings i was like is he is he just ruining everything? Like no, what in the it, world's going on? Yeah. And you're like, no. Um, you saying we all do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we all do it. And after you said that, I was like, ding! I had a little light above my head, right. and it all just came together, uh, which is why I think that's. Which is kind of like how this passage was for me. Yeah. Doing a ton of studying, and just going, I, I see your argument to this point, and then it falls apart here. Yeah. Or I see you're trying to make an argument because what you believe, but you're not letting the scripture speak for itself. Or, yeah, that part makes sense, except for then why aren't women covering their head all the time? Which some people make that argument, but right. Paul's not making that argument. Or it just there was it just all click click click, and then once I got done studying something, I read it again, and I'm like, oh, yeah. That's it right there. It makes sense now. Michael Michael on Facebook uh, yeah. mentions Paul would have to address shorts, sandals, jeans, etc. in some churches today. Exactly. I agree. Yep. I absolutely well, agree. It, which brings us, how do we apply this today? Yes. Do women need to cover their heads to pray or prophesy in church or just wives? These are the questions I have. Yeah. And for me, I'm, I'm a I'm a punny guy. I like puns. Uh-huh. You know, this uh, Paul makes a pretty cut and dry argument. Ah, boom, boom, ching. Sorry. Yep. Um, my my closing thought. Do you want to go through your closing thoughts first? Well, first would be dressed in a culturally appropriate ways when church gathers to worship. And I love how he says sandals, right? Flip flops. <laughs> yeah. Okay, coming out of church today. Uh-huh. Today, I'm talking with somebody, and his wife has on sandals, and they'd heard somebody's behind something about, I would never wear sandals and all this, and we're talking about culturally appropriate. Now, we live in Florida. Yeah, southwest Florida. Yes. We're, t- we're talking like almost to the far tip that you can get. Now, some of us grew up in Florida. I did not. Yeah. I moved here and made traffic worse. 
I did. I mean, I didn't make traffic. I grew up here. Yeah. So culturally in Florida, we're a little bit different. Uh, we wear flip-flops and sandals way more often than yeah. other people do. And when, um, Wednesday nights, I, I dress relatively you know, conservatively. I'll, I'll wear like a polo and jeans. But on Sunday mornings, I wear a suit generally yeah. um, if, I, if I can, you know, find the, I don't know, feeling to do it. Because it's hard to put on a wait, suit. Wait. What's your license plate say? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I am okay. So he's in, the suit guy. That is true. Yeah. That in in true. my like my side job, aside from studying the Bible, uh, my God given talent was uh, or is being a tailor. Yeah. So that you know it just comes natural to me to want to wear a suit culturally to you. Too. Yeah. And so I get stopped all the time at church, specifically mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings, where people are like, oh, "I absolutely love your outfit," and they're they're wearing sandals, shorts, that kind of stuff. They don't want anything to do with my suit. They just yeah. like the way it looks. Well, Meanwhile, what I love I'm it. looking at their sandals, like, man, those look comfortable. Right. This is what I love about sandals too. I told, them, don't worry about it. If we're going to go, let's go back to verse one. Be imitators of me, just as I also am. Yeah. Oh, what kind of footwear did Christ wear? Oh, that's true. Yeah, so sandals is a hard one. But <laughs> here's the thing. If you're going to get up and lead worship, because remember, this is talking about leading. I don't know why I said worship, but it's really about praying. But usually your worship leader prays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, At least in a Baptist church. If you, This is dealing, A, about what, not just in general, what we're, but, but people who want to take a position of leadership who are taking a uh, uh, a lead role in in the activity of the thing, uh, praying and prophesying. Right. Uh, they should be wearing something culture appropriately. And now we we don't have the cultural equivalent of a head covering today. Not, uh, now, not really. no, I mean, uh, no, that's but that that's different. But now, for those who would argue that the cultural part does not matter and head covering should be worn anyway, which I think came up uh, last night at dinner. Uh, I had one question. What about 1 Corinthians 16.20? Let me pull that up in Logos. If you say cultural doesn't matter, what's he saying? And I know some teenage boys try that 16.20, yeah. All right, I'm just going to scroll. I remember when I was a youth, there were some boys that would really try it. They would try this one and didn't get too far. 20, all right. Oh, yeah, you said it, yeah. There we go. So towards the mid of your screen. Yes. Um, All, All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Yeah, you did make that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just, we all started kissing each other. No, we didn't. No, because no. Why? Culturally, we've turned the holy kiss into a handshake. Right. We shake hands instead because that's what we culturally do. Now, I've been to churches where I've been given a holy kiss, you know, kiss, and then kiss on the cheeks. And from men, not women. You know well, what I mean? That's that's the cultural. And I, I see people raising hands at church, you know, during during uh, uh, singing and stuff like that. You know, that. The, when the, came, the raising holy hands. Well, another thing whatever. is, what do we normally do when we pray? Bow our heads. And close our eyes, right? And what mm-hmm. did uh, Jesus do? He always looked up. Well, okay. That was, that was more always? Of, well, that was more of a biblical principle. We don't know what happened always. Yeah. But you know, if we're going to look at the Bible, we see Moses raising his hands, lifting up uh, early church things. It wasn't about bowing the head. It was about raising the head. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, uh, so culturally, we've had things change, but the principles stay the same. Mm-hmm. So the principle is, if you're going to lead, dress in a culturally appropriate way when the church gathers to worship, and especially if you're going to be up there leading, uh, make sure it's, a, it's appropriate culturally. Uh, two is recognize that God has designed men and women to relate to each other in different ways. We are different. Amen. This is good, and we should celebrate it. Because it started at the beginning of creation. Right. It was God's plan. It's his design. When we go against that, we're going against this design. And often, when we go against God's design, it doesn't go well with us. And if God is the head overall, do we get to choose or do we follow him? And it, it, say that again. Do we get to choose 
If God is the head, do we get to choose what? So if, if you if you go back to do, 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 one core eleven, yep, um, he says, "Oh goodness, where is it?" There we go. Uh, it says in uh, verse 3, but I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. Well, we get to choose the woman. She gets to choose us when she says yes, and we ask her to marry us. Well, no, what I'm <laughs> saying is do we get to choose do, not disobedience? We have free will. But what I'm saying is do we get to choose what is right and wrong, or is that decreed by God? That's the point that I'm making. Oh, you want to go there? I mean, we can. Just a little bit. We kind of did in, in okay. class this morning, which is oh, yeah. totally fine. All right. Well, first of all, there's there's some decree. There are some things that God lays out, black mm-hmm. and white. Yes, no, don't. There's some things uh, that may be wrong for one person, not another. Let's try to think of a good example to use here. Um, okay, we're Baptists. So, is drinking alcohol a sin? Not if you don't get drunk. Okay. But, but for what some is people, drunk? yeah, yeah, no, no, in, in, in that's now some people might say, well, if I pick up one beer, I'm not going to stop. Right. So taking that first beer is going to be, and the, and the Holy Spirit is going to convict him of that. You know, you know, we're, that's the, fair point. We're never First Corinthians, uh, I think it's ten thirteen. We're you know we're never without a, a, a way of escape. Um, Michael did the sweat uh, emoji. Oh, <laughs> um, sorry, buddy. Then. Uh, or, or in Romans, it talks about not letting anyone talk evil of your good. Um, if well, Sure, I can have a beer, but uh, does that mean you should bring a beer in, in to church? Yeah. No, you, you know, the, so it, it, it's, there's, uh, there could be different applications of where, when. Are you causing someone to stumble? Is there yes. a problem? You know, is this going to lead to sin? Well, then it's going to be wrong for you to do. Yep. But it might not be wrong. For, it might not cause someone else in the same you know the thing. That's a fair point. So, so yes, it's black and white, and then it's no, it's it's multi different. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, that that's a really good. So, it, it, yeah, yes, I believe. Um, was, I forget who comes up with it. it was called personal. Um, I just had it in my head. It just dropped out of my head. So Accountability. Not per, no. Um, personal legalism. Oh, personal legalism. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mark Driscoll came up with that concept. One of my um, favorite. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that, that was. I'm just giving the proper oh, credit. Okay. It was Mark Driscoll talking about personal. Um, I just lost the word again. What did I say? Uh, personal, uh, not accountability. Per, uh, personal legalism. Yeah, personal legalism. So instead of holding it over other people and telling other people what they need to do, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you what's right and wrong in the sense of where there's there a slippery slope that doing this isn't a sin but if i go if i do, it's if doing this is going to lead me down the wrong path the wrong road and yeah. sometimes we need to put those barri- an extra set of barriers around us uh see this is a problem i have with the baptist church teaching about uh, alcohol maybe we're baptists we'll see next week um <laughs> yes drunkenness is a sin drinking alcohol is not a sin now if we want to teach especially kids hey look the easiest way to not get drunk is don't, don't drink, drink. I'm okay with that part of it, but teaching them drinking is a sin. The problems they look in their Bibles and they can't find it; it's right. not there. And then what else did we lie about? So don't yeah. add to God's word. Let God's let the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit might tell you, "Listen, I, I know if you if you pick up the first one, you're not going to stop." So then let me don't. do evolve my my uh, statement then. Um, if that's the case, which I agree with you, ultimately we have to dip into God's word. 
if we don't know whether something is right or wrong. Oh, yeah, it definitely. The key to is is not if I want to listen to God because that's going to be the key to this. I got to listen to the Holy Spirit. If I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit, I've got to be in His Word so I know His Word and I know when He's is that the Holy Spirit talking or is that me justifying my sin to myself? And you, you've you've asked that question quite a few times in class of how do you know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Right. Well, when it doesn't go against the Word of God, how do you know what the Word of God is? You've got to study it. You've got to know it. You got to, if you if you're if you're intaking it every day, if it's part of your life, uh, if you've got a prayer life that 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 is active, edifying, you're gonna you're gonna know it a whole lot easier. Yeah, and, that, and that's why we're all here. You know, those of you that are going to be watching this, those of you like years down the you know in the future, as you pull up this podcast for the first time, um, you're dipping into the Word of God. I mean, you're listening to a, a couple of yokels uh, talk about it, but um, we've done a lot of studying on this, and this is this is kind of the feeling that we have about it after dipping into it, praying over it a lot. And I've talked a ton with my wife. My wife has spoken to his wife about it <laughs> and her friend group at church, okay. and it's like it's, you know, I, I I kept telling Katie, my wife, I was like, you know, hey, get your get your head covering ready. This is what I believe right now. And up to, I don't know, three days ago, I was like. Man, Maybe maybe she should. <laughs> How am I supposed to approach this? I'm supposed only, to be the oh, head of the household. But only when she's prophesying. And yeah. Remember, so. and, and that, yeah, that, that was Josh's <laughs> out for her. Yeah. Um, and my, my last point was just yeah, showing go. that God's design for husbands and wives is beautiful. Uh, mm. When we're in a, especially our cultures, especially in the U.S., tends to be very egalitarian, pushing, um, just just pushing I, I'd written a note and I'd erased it so that's why to erase the boundaries between gender but even going further now and just erasing gender in general at all the idea of a woman submitting to her husband and all that and, and, and they don't they, culturally we don't like that word and all that but it's part of God's plan and, and submission is not me lording it over my wife it's not me treating her bad it's not me treating her she's less less than me that's not how God treated Christ send, send your emails to hello at randomactsofstudy.com <laughs> and uh, subject Josh yes uh, for any comments on that no no but, but, <laughs> but showing I had a similar point but yeah showing that God's plan for this is beautiful if we follow God, not when we when we mess it up it gets very unbeautiful but that's yeah. us messing it up not following his thing. So, yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have to celebrate the differences and celebrate the oneness. Right. And that's what matters. And we naturally enter into those roles um, without outside influence. Yeah. That's just naturally where we go. And that was part of Paul's argument earlier is bringing nature into it. Nature answers a lot of stuff. Again, that's kind of science. Or it is science. Yeah, and, and because who... who uh who put nature there? Oh, yeah. Who wrote this one? Yeah, who wrote the rules for nature? It was Jesus. It was the Word. It was God. <laughs> yes. um, so at the end of the day, my wife and I believe that whether she wears a head covering, and I'm bringing my wife's opinion into this. I'm not going to bring her out here because she ain't, she ain't going to be on camera. Uh, she doesn't like that kind of stuff. We both agree. It's her personal relationship with God and Jesus Christ at this point in time because it is a cultural thing. To us as a household. Okay, let, let me let me just ask some questions there. Go. So you you're basically saying your opinion and her opinion is it's up to her. Oh man, you loaded that one. Yes, I you did. Because actually, if she's if it's submitting it, her relationship to God, she has to submit to you. Okay, so my 
Because she asked me. All right. All right. right. Here we go. Here uh-huh. we go. In the household. Just, just in case. I, I know there's not a problem here, but just in case there was. That's fine. Clip it. Send emails. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. So. They've already it, got it. They've already written it down. Those she, people are already. She's asked me multiple times. Our eldest daughter has come to me and asked, like, what What are we supposed to do? Like, mm-hmm. what is, what is, what have your studies shown? Right. <laughs> Which is a weird way to say it. And I'm like, listen, I'm not sure. Right. I'm on the fence right now. And it switched from, um. I don't really care before we even pulled this. It was a, well, this isn't really even something that I will ever argue about mm. to, and, and that's my fault. Right. 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 That's my failing as a, as a Christian husband. And I admit that. Um, but having them ask me these questions has opened me up in a way that the Holy spirit hasn't convicted me of prior to this, or I haven't been listening well enough um, to create this, uh, this, this headship role within my household. One that, my wife and I just naturally fall into, uh, but they did. They asked me, and uh, she, you know, my wife was like, "Am I going to have to wear a head covering? I don't really want to." And as of right now, after all of this study, I don't think so. Okay. And so our so together opinion. Okay, that's fine. And, yeah. and I do think part Thanks of it backing is... backing me into the corner on yeah, that yeah, one, no, buddy. No, I, but I wanted to make sure you're not yeah. saying, I'm leaving it up to my wife, she does no. better. Because no. that's clearly what this passage is not teaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we taught all of this, but this is what I do in my house. Right, right. No. And I would say for the application here is, I believe, especially going through this, it's clearly cultural in the sense when you look at the Roman sense of worship. Mm-hmm. But this is an area we need to allow others to disagree. Yes, and why um, is that? If a woman feels led to wear a head covering, um, or or they're in a culture where head coverings are uh, applied to submission, because there are some cultures like that, yeah. then they should wear them. Now, again, remember, this passage is talking about wearing head covering while praying and prophesying. Uh, if you're going to go to a church that requires head covering while praying and prophesying, uh, then part of submitting to the, the authority of those elders, the male headship, would be wearing those head coverings. Culture, I don't think it's an area to divide. It being, it being the app, the principle is not cultural. It, it, it's it, it's the, the principle of headship. The application, I believe here, is a cultural one. Now, to Paul, it was a universal culture. Yes. Everywhere there were churches, this was a cultural issue because it was a Roman Empire. That's why it's so argued today is because we get hung up on that where it was just expected at that point in time. And in, in, in living where we do, and I don't see that there's not a cultural application where we are. But I wouldn't say there aren't places in this world where there isn't a cultural application. Yeah. And then again, if the Holy Spirit's convicting you of something, it might be for a different reason. Yes. Then, then you should follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and regardless of if you disagree with Paul here, this doesn't seem to be a doctrinal issue that he's arguing over head coverings. He's arguing over right. um, the hierarchy of uh, worship the and headship, headship yeah. of of the, the Men, home, right, right, which was in danger at that point in time. And it just so happened that this was the most applicable cultural argument at, you know, again, at that right. time, this was the best way to put it for him to put it. We look at it years and years later and we automatically think, oh, well, patriarchy. No, man, it's not that. But there are some who who, who are patriarchal who would use this to push us. So there a, are. No, a note on male headship. A man is the head of his wife only. Okay? So so women are called to submit to their husbands, 
not to other husbands, their right. husbands, and they're also women are called to submit to to the elders of the church. Those those, those men. Again, we're Baptists, so the, so the elders of our church are all are all male because we believe that's a, an office held by men because of these passages. Although women can be deacons. Yes. As long as the role of the deacon is not elder, which some Baptist churches confuse Blurred. those two terms, yes. Um, so yes, and um, but so the, so a woman submits to her husband and only her husband, and to the elders of the church, just like all the rest of the men in the church submit too. This is male headship is not saying all men are above all women and that all women must submit to all men. That is not what is taught in Scripture. It's not the point of Paul's argument here. And again, I, I think when you get to the end of the day, this passage isn't really about head coverings. It's about headship, male headship. Yeah. That, that's the real point. And, and I think uh, that's could, where a lot could, of people had a problem with. Yeah, and we could we could go on and on. Like we could bring in um, how uh, what the relationship between a husband towards a wife is supposed to be. It's not just about headship. We're supposed to love them and treat them with respect, like Christ loved the church. Right. I believe How did that, Christ love Paul the... Paul in Ephesians. Yeah, right? again. Oh, weird. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what what did Christ do for the church? What did he do for us? He died for us. In a really terrible manner. I've, I've, I've had the privilege, quote-unquote, of explaining um, crucifixion to mm-hmm. my children and the scourging mm-hmm. that Jesus took. And... Uh, I've done a lot of research on that and the things that he he did in in Roman in Roman culture, scourging. They they tied a bunch of nasty stuff to whips, uh, bits of uh, uh, rock sharp. and glass, glass anything yeah. sharp, mm-hmm. and they would Nails, hit the person after having their back curved forward, tied to something, curved forward, hitting them with a whip, pretty hard, and then if the person didn't confess to what they were being scourged for, they would hit them harder. For every confession that they gave, they would hit them not as hard. Mm-hmm. And Jesus didn't say anything. So what it what happened to him? Harder mm-hmm. and harder and harder. And so you cannot read men love your women like Christ loved the church and not think and think Wives. Wives, sorry, thank you. you, you <laughs> not cannot, women. Sorry. We're not Mormon. Yeah, all the women. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wives, yes, you are correct. You can't You can't know that and then think that you can mistreat your wife. Right. Um, so you have to be a godly man. Right. Um, and when you treat your wife like like Christ you know, treated the church, or at least to the best of our abilities because we we're men still. But I mean, when that's our goal and our strive, there's not an, the, the the issues that come up with they're not there they're not present yeah so, so I'll I'll end my thoughts because you you cleared mm-hmm. you're done with yours right yeah, yep, yep my my closing thought is uh, I I pulled uh, Elizabeth Elliot mm-hmm. um a great author you you said last night that you got to meet her when you were eight yeah she wasn't just an author well she, she was, was a missionary, missionary yes. and yeah I mean it's amazing yeah, woman she came right? my, yeah she came to my church when I was eight I remember that that's really cool yeah, I, bought, I bought a book from her. So I pulled, um, I think uh, the book name is Let Me Be a Woman, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, double check this. Um, she says, it is a naive sort of feminism that insists that women prove their ability to do all the things that men do. This is a distortion and a travesty. Men have never sought to prove that they can do all the things women do. Why subject women to purely masculine criteria? Women can and ought to be judged by the criteria of femininity. 
for it is in their femininity that they participate in the human race. And femininity has its limitations. So has masculinity. That is, why we've been, uh, that is what we've been talking about. To do this is not to do that. To be this is not to be that. To be a woman is not to be a man. To be married is not to be single, which may mean not to have a career. To marry this man is not to marry all the others. A choice is limitation. Submission. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that, uh, what, does that wrap up a extremely controversial uh, lesson? I think it's only controversial if you make it. After doing all of this study, I absolutely agree. Which I, I, which I think many people are, are um, that's their goal. I am way more comfortable with 1 Corinthians 11, 1 mm-hmm. through 16. When we first got this, you'll see if you watch the live stream of where we pulled the scripture, I was like, oh no, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> and, and between texts, between Josh and I, it was, it was worse than us pulling Hosea, um, uh, was Hosea 8, 1, 1 through... I think I that forget. was that bad. The well, first one. It was, was first one. Yeah. yeah, it was literally the first one. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, Palestine and, and Israel oh, were, yeah, were yeah. going at it, and they still, still are. are. Yeah. And then we get the condemnation of Israel. It's like, what are we entering into? And then we get this one. And I was, I was very concerned. I'm not going to lie. Coming <laughs> off genealogies. Yeah, coming off genealogies, which was like, oh, we can make whatever we want to make out of this. We'll just point it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, easy peasy <laughs> after <laughs> rewriting it forever. And then we come to this one. And it's like, oh, no. And now I look at this and after studying, I think I completely agree with you. It's not saying what we want to think it's saying. Yeah. It's saying something much more beautiful. And here's the thing, and I wasn't sure when we sat down we'd even agree we got done with this. Because that's not how we set it up. We don't set it up that we're going to come in agreement. We're going to... No. We don't study together. No, we don't study together. In fact, we when we send our notes to each other, we don't read each other's notes until we're done with our own. Now, we might tweak our notes after that, but... Yeah, um, yeah we, we sat we set down like prior to the show and, and just oh, kind of like we, look back and forth a little right, bit. Right, right. We'll, we, we merge them after that. But as far as putting them together, where we come at and how we approach it, we, we do it from separate... Thing. We might share some, uh, hey, I found this or I found that, and you know, to, to help each other out studying-wise. But yeah. uh, as far as collaborating in that sense, we – and I wasn't sure when we get to – especially when you were, you, you were serious last week about, I don't know if I'm going to make my, my – my wife might need to wear it. I was. I was dead serious yeah. because I wasn't sure. And then mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's like, hey, stupid. But I think once you, once you look at it in its context and look at the argument Paul's making – it just all lines up. Yeah. So, so with that all being said, I will uh, we quickly lead us long. in. Yeah, sorry. No. Uh, I'll quickly lead us in prayer. You'll right. pull the scripture, and yeah. I read. Is that you correct? Read this time, yeah. Um, so, uh, pray with us here, Father yeah. God. Thank you so much for the time that we've been able to spend together, um, Josh and I, us and you, and uh, us all together with you, God. Um, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ. And we thank you also for 1 Corinthians 11 and uh, the lesson that we learned from it uh, today that we will carry with us forever. We uh, pray that as we open the Bible, that we do so with Holy Spirit inspiration. We receive the word that you're wanting to teach us. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, we study hard. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Go for it, buddy. It's 1 Corinthians 11. No, I'm just kidding. No, I um, have no idea where I was pulling from there. All right. I immediately go. It's, it's Amos. 
Uh, I see chapter four okay. and I see uh, verse one, which um, the, the chapter break is, uh, yet you have not returned to me. So I'm going to pull this up in Logos and we'll go Amos four and I'm going to switch over so you guys can read with us. This will be a whole lot easier than the last time you read. <sighs> a lot less names. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how many names there are, but there are a lot less than last time we read. The only person that stayed watching, admittedly, was his oh, wow. mom. Wow, I see some interesting stuff already. Go ahead. Yes, I do. All right, so I'm going to read it on the screen. That way we can all read together. Okay. Uh, Amos chapter 4, uh, verse 1 begins, Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, Bring now that we may drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness. Behold, the days are coming upon you when they will take you away with meat hooks and the last of you with fish hooks. You will go out through breaches in the walls, each one straight before her, and you will be cast to Harmon, declares the Lord. That's a lot to unpack. Should I continue? What do you think? You can't because in the study. Oh, yeah, go ahead and read some more. Because right. In the study, we're going to figure out where to break it anyway. But cool, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, going into to verse 4. Enter Bethel and transgress. In Gilgal, multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Offer a thank offering also from that which is leavened. And proclaim free will offerings. Make them known. For so you love to do, you sons of Israel declares the Lord God. I kind of want to stop there. Okay. Is that cool? I, I, I remember, man, I've done this recently, and I remember doing the next passage, too. A passage uh, up to, to one of them. I think it, I think it almost like it. I mean, the, the, dec- the declaration to me, it ends in verse 5, and then it continues with a but. So well, the, the whole chapter is only like, what, 13 verses? How, how many verses is the chapter? I think because I think it goes to here. 11, 12, 13. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep rolling. Yeah. Um, chapter, or, uh, not chapter, <laughs> verse six. But I gave you also cleanness of teeth in all your cities. I remember that part. I remember because that's like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Because well, uh, no, two weeks. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Um, and lack of bread in all your places. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Furthermore, I withheld the rain from you while there were still three months until harvest. Then I would send rain on one city, and on another city I would not send rain. One part would be rained on, while the other part not rained on would dry up. So two of three or three cities would stagger to another city to drink water, but would not be satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I smote you with scorching wind and mildew, and the caterpillar was devouring. Your many gardens and vineyards, fig trees and olives... Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I sent a plague among you after the manner of Egypt. I slew your young men by the sword along with your captured horses. And I made the stench of your camp rise up in your nostrils. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And you were like a firebrand snatched from a blaze. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Therefore thus... I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms mountains 
and creates the wind and declares to man what are his thoughts. He who makes dawn into darkness and treads on the high places of the earth, the Lord of the Lord God of hosts is his name. There you go. Wow. Yeah. That I is I think it's one complete gorgeous. thought all the way through. Yeah, you're completely right. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, something else. Okay. Um, initial thoughts? Why don't we ever pull an easy one? <laughs> I can tell you that he's talking about Jesus. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's talking. <laughs> he's definitely talking about Jesus. Um, this is... Um, I close it. Uh, your mom says, great job, by the way. Thank All you, right. Mary Sue. Um, I, I can pull it back up. It's easy to find randomly, but not so... I know, that's weird. I, I've been through Amos, but I do not recall it that well. Um, so obviously, we're talking about... <laughs> it's funny that we started talking about Hosea just a moment ago. Yep. We're talking about the multiple multiple times where Israel rejected God for idols, uh, rejected God and went the opposite direction of what he wanted them to do. He's talking about all the things that he tried to correct them with. Um, all the times that he steadfastly stayed with them, even through all of their, um, I'm not talking about modern Israel, I'm talking about past Israel, all of their stupidity. Because yeah. as you read the Old Testament, it's very, very hard. It's like watching a movie saying, no, 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 don't go through that door. And what's interesting is, uh, looking at this here is, is like, I said all these bad things. I did all these things to try to get your attention, to get you back. But what did they not do? Yeah, you didn't come back. Yeah. You know, it, it's... Yeah, all these things were horrible, but I was trying to get your attention. Hey, don't go that way. Stop, stop. And talking about meat hooks, you use a meat hook for large pieces of meat. You use fish hooks for small pieces of meat to the point where... Oh, that's a prophecy that's interesting. Right? In yeah, yep. I know how that one's fulfilled. So Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to leave some of it. I'm going to leave some of it for next, week, yeah, next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this, is, this is some pretty hard stuff, yes. and I am really excited for uh, two weeks from now. Yeah. Like, this is going to be some great study, and hey, welcome separation <laughs> from male-female relationships. I think the commentaries and in, in, in the sermons you listen to and the, the, the articles you read on Amos 4 are going to be a lot less contentious. This is pretty straightforward because it all has historical context. Yes. And I, I would venture to say that so, every single one of these things is in the Old Testament. None of this is lost. No. Well, I mean, some of it might be, we'll have to go see, some of it might be events that, He's referring to that may aren't aren't specifically recorded. We'll oh, okay. see. We'll we'll see how much we can marry up to you know what it is. But in other words, God not the Bible is never meant to be an exhaustive historical source. No. It's the story of Jesus that God wants us to have, and that's the facts that are in there. We talked. With, I was talking with somebody today, and the the Bible because we they were talking about Genesis, and the Bible's not meant to be. It's amazing how scientific it is. It's not meant to be a scientific manual. It's meant to be telling the narrative of Jesus's story and pushing it forward. To the point it starts with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how often science catches up to the Bible, but its point is not to be a, a scientific manual, an exhaustive history book, but telling us enough of the story so that we can understand it and follow it. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, this this one will be a whole lot less uh, contentious in, in other people's opinions. So Yeah. So, sorry for going over time. Normally, we, we schedule about an hour for this kind of thing, and we're cool going over. So, if you've made it this far, thank you so much yes. for making it all the way through. Um, I listened to something. Uh, actually, uh, 
I forget his name now. You're the one that turned me on to it. It was like a seven-hour lecture. Mike Winger, yeah. Yes. Mike Winger, Bible thinker. Which is actually, if you have more questions, that is a fantastic source, it's, a Bible thinker. Yeah, he did almost seven hours on this yeah. passage, and he hits almost every argument this that way and that way. Mm-hmm. But M- even Much after, more exhaustive. Oh, much more exhaustive. Um, and yeah, it's... Well, and he, he pleads the various different points of head coverings, where, on the other hand, for us, we, we pled the um, lack of importance of head coverings in, uh, in, in the scripture that we pulled. Not, uh, that's, well, we, we well no, the head coverings, were, I, I, but I think that's col- not the col- argument. Culturally. I think, the, yeah, the argument's about headship, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's what we covered, where he covers the various different like it's it's part of his uh, women in ministry yes. uh, grouping of, of teachings. So that that's why he has to go into, and it is that's oh, why we he, went over. He, he goes one, seven hours in. Yeah, he did one. First Timothy was over eleven hours. <sighs> that guy, I swear he's like a machine. <laughs> yeah. He did it too with COVID. Yes. Like this dude is crazy in he a did, good way. But but he didn't do it live. We're doing it live. No, no, no. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Two thumbs up for us. Anyway, guys, thank you. Um, uh, God bless. Yes. Amos 4, 1 through... Uh, where well, this is the old chapter, 1 through 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amos, Amos 4, 4. Is, is a thing, yeah. And that's uh, where we'll be studying. So some, in yeah, two do, weeks, do some studying, drop some comments. Aaron's Aaron's checking them out over there. So. I am actually. Yeah, we got it. We got to kudos. And, and if we can get if we can get it figured out, we might be live on YouTube and TikTok next time. Also, yes, that is not an if. That is definite. We will we will make it happen. Um, you know, if the internet will hold, which I think that might be the issue, but we'll we'll see. We'll do some testing. Yep. Um, in the meantime. Uh, our website is live, randomactsofstudy.com. Yes, you can learn more. I don't have much up about myself because whatever. But we do have uh, Josh's ministry, uh, his missionary work that he does over in Kenya. We've got an entire page dedicated so you know what his credentials are, what uh, what he's doing over there. Um, we also have a, a shop up, which is not to support the, the podcast. It is to support the mission work that he does there yearly. He goes over there and he wants to go over there multiple times per year. That's the whole purpose of the shop that we have where you can buy kind of tongue-in-cheek T-shirts. Uh, I'll have mugs up there soon, that kind of thing. That is the whole point of, of that shop. Uh, but randomactsofstudy.com is is there, ready for you to look at. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on it. Hello at randomactsofstudy.com uh, is our email address. Any anger letters or anything like that, subject to Josh. Anything great, subject to Aaron. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you very much. He checks all the email anyway. I, I sh- but I he'll do. forward them to me, I'm sure. I will. I'm sure. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to uh, snip and post more things on TikTok. That's at randomactsofstudy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on the YouTubes. We're on the Facebooks. The YouTubes. The yeah. YouTubes. <laughs> Uh, also at Random Acts of Study. So right. as often as we can, we keep continuity between uh, the various different uh, streaming services and things like that. And, so. and we've got a, a pretty much anywhere you get a podcast. Yeah. Apple yeah. Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. and then a slew of other ones that that, I'm, you know, that most people haven't heard of. But yeah. So if you listen to podcasts a lot, I know I do driving around, wherever you get podcasts, likely you can find Random Acts of Study. So. So uh, with that all being said, and with an ending promise of the podcast, the audio podcast will not continue to lag severely behind the video stream. Uh, He and I both have uh, full-time jobs. He and I both are full-time dads and full-time husbands. He also teaches uh, on Wednesday nights and and Sunday mornings, so we're we're busy. Mm -hmm. But this is a promise right now on the record that the podcast will not lag 
Okay. For much more. Much more longer. Yeah. yeah. So we need a couple of lags so we have some time to uh, yeah do life sometimes. Yeah. But uh, with that all being said, uh, that it. That's are you it. good? We are good. God bless, guys. See we'll you next see time. Amos four. You're gonna like it. Yeah. Peace out. <laughs>